The NBA playoffs are here. And we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch. Because this is the turn it up to 11 NBA playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Going for your first ever run around the park. Literally running errands all over town. Running for the finish line and your personal best. If you run, you're a runner. Find the shoes and clothes to run your way at newbalance.com slash running. New Balance. Run your way. Footballers DFS podcast with your hosts Kyle Borgannoni and Matthew Betts. Welcome in, one and all. It's week one. We're back, Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast. I'm your host Kyle Borgannoni, and I am joined, as always, by Matthew Little Shimmy Betts. It was just a little one, you know. This is the Tuesday show. We don't look too crazy yet, but yeah, there was a there was a fist pump. There was a shimmy, um, dude. Week one is here. Like DFS is back, and I'm ready to run through a brick wall. Yeah, you know, compared to Jason, you are the little shimmy. I'm actually sitting right now in Jason's spot in our studio, uh, but we've got a lot of good stuff ahead of us. We've got some people on our Discord channel that are just hungry. Like I feel like this is. We're feeding an animal right now, and what they want is week one meat. <laughs> well, I never thought that would come out of your mouth, even when you started talking. That was incredible. Uh, man, we're already in, in, what did we say, like week eight form here, mid-season form, rolling into week one, so it's exciting. But yeah, man, the Discord channel was popping this morning already. People being like, is the DFS pass live on the site? Is it ready? Where are the articles? Whew, baby, they're up there. Have you had to show some restraint with your props because you've you're putting out a props article it's that first game that we previewed this past week buffalo and los angeles did part of you just want to say like here's 10 props for this game you just wanted to unleash it all i mean that's the beauty of this and also the downfall of this you know <laughs> like week one we always say is we we don't know what's going to happen that's the reality and we we're overconfident and so yes in DFS and in props, I found myself being like, all right, reserve this entry. Let's go here. Let's fire on this. Let's take this prop. And, you know, you just got to take a, a minute, take a step back, make sure the process is right. And then we we go on those props. So we have three out in the article right now for you guys. Um, I didn't do it, go too crazy, but I am going to plan to spend some time this afternoon going through uh, the main slate that are out for Sunday. All the props are out finally for that. So look for that on the site. There should be more up there for you guys soon. Yeah, we've got a ton of stuff, including on this episode, we're going to walk through the main slate, walk through our favorite salary standouts, just to kind of get you prepared for the week. And then later on the week on Friday, we will go through and talk about the games that we like to stack, talk about, you know, where we're attacking GPPs. So I've got some early stances that I'm excited to disagree with you on, where it's just like, hey, here's what I want to do. And uh, maybe we'll even talk about Damian Pierce on this podcast. Spoiler alert, it won't be a good thing uh, from me. <laughs> But I wanted to start us off, usually on the Tuesday episode, when this gets released, we usually look back on the week prior and how our cash lineups did. Obviously, we're still starting. So I wanted to start this segment off talking about the contest that you and I will play in. I think we get all the time from people, what contest do you play in? Like, I want to jump in those same ones, whether it's large field, whether it's cash. So uh, without further ado, this is usually how the segment will go. Straight cash, homie. We start off talking straight cash, homie, Randy Moss style, right off the get-go. So, Betts, why don't you give people the lay of the land of how you and I play on DraftKings, and I'll give some FanDuel takes in a second, but on DraftKings, what kind of contest do we play in? Yeah, I mean, if we're if we're starting off with Randy Moss, you know, we got to go cash. So, in cash games, which, you know, people always ask, like, what specifically is that? Head-to-heads and 50-50s. And 
really you and I always preach, especially if you're new and you just want to start building that bankroll. And I still play in these contests, even though they're low entry type of contests, they are easy to cash in. I play the single entry double ups and large field, you know, 50 fifties. We're talking thousands and thousands of entrants. And in week one, there's a couple of contests that are like 10,000, 20,000 entrants. But the reality of these is it's a very soft field. You know, we're going to get people that are making a lot of mistakes. And so it's relatively easy to just beat half the field. That's all you're trying to do in these double ups. And so they have them for $2, $5, $10, 25, 50. If you want to expand your bankroll up to a hundred or more, they have it. But yeah, those large field single entry double ups, that's where it's at. I do not play the multi-entry ones. People often ask me why. And it's because the best cash players in the world, you know, if it's a 20 max, they're going to enter 20 lineups. And I don't know about you, but I'd rather be playing against one lineup with someone that's maybe less experienced than 20 from a pro. So I avoid the multi-entry double-ups, single entry for me. If we're talking GPPs on DraftKings, I listed a few here on the doc that I like at different price points. So if you're more of a low-stakes player and you want to you know, live that GPP life, I love the three-entry max, $8 per entry contest. It's the 100K Engage 8. Large field, really good strategy for kind of getting different than the field. So I like that one. If you're a mid-stakes player... The $27 single entry 50K blindside is just over 2,000 entrants. It's got 5K to first, really nice payout structure. And if you're more of a high stakes roller like Kyle or Brooks, and you want to play the uh, the 50K spy, it's 100 bucks to enter single entry. And again, 5K to first. What I like about it is it's only just over 550 entrants. So like, you know, you got a pretty legit shot to cash as long as you're making a solid GPP lineup, which if you're listening to this, if you're in the DFS pass, you know, we think you can do. Yeah, for me, I mostly play cash on DraftKings. So there's one right now. It's a massive $5 um, that won't be that big when you get further in the season, but I think it's almost 23,000 people. So those are the ones that you and I share with people. And then we talk all the time, create your own head to heads. Make sure you're doing that. If you're just joining, you're going to get picked off by people like bets uh, over and over again. Uh, For me on FanDuel, I wanted to highlight a couple of tournaments and the way that we kind of set the bar a lot of times is is at least 25% of the field getting paid out. Because if it's less than that, then there there's too massive of a rake. And honestly, on FanDuel, I don't love some of their structures because really the best payouts are going to be if you're doing $50 or more in entry, like $65, $250 in entry. So if you're one of those people, uh, we can talk and I'll give you some of those contests. But one that I really like is uh, the $7 Flea Flicker. Uh, there's only 4,000 total entries and there's a five max. So I think a lot of people feel intimidated by, you know, 20 max or even 150, but five max feels like, Hey, I can put five $7 entries. First place pays out $2,500. So I like that one a lot on FanDuel. And then for single entry people, there's a $25 one called the sweep. First pay first place pays out $10,000 and there's only 4,700 entries. So that's one that I have already reserved. I already have my lineup in there, a single entry for $25. I feel like is is a good investment. So that's mostly where we'll be paying. And then at the very end of this episode, you and I will tease, we will tease some of the contests we have coming up for our DraftKings League. One of those went live today. So we will definitely be talking about some of those contests. Feel free to reach out in Discord if you want more specifics. We'll post some of these in there. But... I feel like we're bearing the lead that today is DFS pass launch day and people are stealing from our company once again. <laughs> it's a national holiday, you know, mark your calendar. Um, yes, the DFS pass is officially live on the site, which I think you can hear in our voice. Like we're super excited about this is, you know, me and Kyle's effort all year. Like this is it right here. This is what you're going to get from us. And man, I just, I can't fathom the price. Like I really, I really cannot break it you know, down. It's 50 for the bucks. It's 50 bucks if you want to buy it, 49.99. But if you use the promo code DFSPOD, you're going to save yourself 10%. So you're looking at, you know, 45 bucks for the entire year. You know, other companies are charging literally like $100 a month or, or a week. It's just, I cannot wrap my head around this content and the price. We go through the Super Bowl. So if you break it down by week, you get 21 weeks of content. That is $2.14 per week. There is literally no excuse not to buy this product. I am once again ashamed of our company for giving this away for free yeah use that promo code dfs pod and what that does is it lets the company know that bets can still have a job and uh, <laughs> that maybe he can put his kids through college but at this rate i feel like it's community college i mean it's community college or bust unless i win the millie so this is it <laughs> and then when you win the millie <laughs> you're gonna go kids 
maybe college isn't for you. I've got some other plans for this money. Um, <laughs> And then one last thing before we jump into the state of the main slate, I wanted to go over what our content schedule is. A lot of people ask, when is this article coming out? This is in the DFS pass on the homepage, but on Tuesdays, you put out the Vegas report. I put out the pricing, the first look salaries and pricing, and then we go over and do this pod to kind of preview. So Tuesdays for us is kind of getting people ready. It's okay if you're not fully in. It's okay if you're not building lineups. We would recommend don't do that on Tuesday. You can play around with the cash lineup. But Tuesdays is mostly for looking at the slate, kind of turning the page. And then on Wednesdays, I put out a pace of play article. You start your player props article. And then Thursday is when we get into the meat of it. So why don't you go over Thursday and the rest of the week? Yeah, Thursday, if you're playing Showdown with us this year, you know, every Thursday night game, I'll write up in the DFS Pass. So that'll be live. Usually Thursday mornings, I write it up Wednesday, but then we used to publish it and so much would change that it just got rewritten basically. So it comes out Thursday morning and then we'll have our cash articles out for you guys for DraftKings and FanDuel on Thursday. Um, and then as well, Kyle and I will record our show on Thursday. On Friday, the pod will be released. And then from there, Kyle, it's GPP Life, baby. It's it's Fridays and Saturdays are crazy because so much changes where we put out a roster percentage report for not only DraftKings this year, but we're also doing FanDuel. We're adding that in. We didn't charge anything extra, but we thought, hey, people were asking for FanDuel or asking for roster percentages. So yes, our tournament picks for both of those will come out on Friday. And then on Saturdays, after we adjust our roster percentage report, we will give our best plays article. So you and I go through the whole week, and then on Saturdays we say, hey, this is what we think would be best for you to be able to attack the slate um, the things that we like the most. So you can head over to ultimatedfspass.com if you want to be a part of that. But let's talk about week one. State of the main slate. What a what a drop. And you'll hear that drop every single Tuesday. We get to go over some of the lines, the teams that we like, the matchups we like. But this is basically just an overview of here are the games on the main slate, and here's who's not on the main slate. For instance, you know, when I was doing my write-up for wide receivers, I had to mention that this is not a Cooper Cup slate, so you need to recalibrate your entire brain because last year it was just copy and paste Cooper Cup every week, right? Dude, literally, like, by, like, week 15, I was just like, I don't even – there's no point in me writing anything on the in the defense <laughs> pass. It was like, you just play him. Like, it was just so crazy. So, yeah, no Cooper Cup. I mean, there's also a lot of good teams not on the main slate, right? Like, we don't have the Rams. We don't have the Bills. So, no Josh Allen stacks. You know, we don't have Russ. They're playing on Monday Night Football. So, yeah, there's it's an interesting slate, I think, for, for week one. Before we go over these lines, we want to mention DraftKings Sportsbook lines. It's where Bets and I play. You go to sportsbook.draftkings.com. And each week, we'll check in with a wager that we made. This is going to be one that we're not giving betting advice here. We're just saying these are the ones that we personally took. So I took a fun little parlay for week one of three road teams. What could go wrong, right? Love it. (laughs) No, I took Indianapolis, New Orleans, and Denver. All three of those, the Moneyline parlay for week one, just so I can go into Monday night and saying, let's ride. But um, I got some pretty good plus (laughs) odds. I cannot imagine... Those three teams not you know not outrightly winning right so I didn't want to play with the spreads but basically it's me dunking on my Falcons it's dunking on the Texans and dunking on the Seahawks. I can't wait for this you know to publish people listen games play we're back next Tuesday and you're like I don't know how Davis Mills pulled off the upset. <laughs> Damian, <laughs> because Damian that's Pierce, how the NFL works. <laughs> Damian Pierce is going to punch me in the face, isn't he? That's how that's how he gets even against you. Yeah, yeah. For me, one that I I played and again kind of along the same lines as you. Not just going with the money lines, but a teaser of San Francisco against the Bears, which, I mean, man, the Bears look questionable for this year. So give me uh, the Niners there. Taking it down to uh, minus half a point is what I got it at. And then same thing, Baltimore against the Jets, taking that down to minus half a point. So if both teams win, we'll cash. And for us, we just give these as fun wagers to kind of add to our DFS mix. I have a couple of friends back home that you know, we just kind of said, hey, which teams do we like? And we just kind of went on this together. So it's something to add, but this isn't a betting show. Uh, this is a DFS show. So let's go over these games that are showing up above 50. And then, Bets, why don't you also give the teams that have the highest team implied totals for week one? Yeah, it's sort of an interesting slate because I feel like usually we have a lot that are over 50 when we open the year. But 
there's so many good games that aren't on the main slate that we only have two. And right now it's KC at Arizona. That's been bet up actually to 54. And then Las Vegas taking on the Chargers. That is at 52 as of now. And then, you know, for the top team totals on the slate, which generally we think are a good way to just build median projections. So players on these teams are going to project extremely well for week one. We got Kansas City at 28.8. The Chargers, 27.8. The Colts, 27.3. Philly, 26.3. And Baltimore at 25.8. Yeah, my initial thoughts on this slate were we don't have the same you know high totals that we had last year. So we had four that were above 50 last year in week one and a couple other that were approaching that 49 mark. So we have to understand that this is a different slate. Um, there's also a ton of road favorites, right? Eight of the 13 matchups when I was looking at them favored the road team, and many of those are clear favorites, like the ones that I mentioned, you know, Indianapolis, New Orleans. So with the low totals, keep that in mind that even if, you know, the game has like a 44 total, there are teams that carry a pretty good team implied total that you can still stack and still think about that. And then the last thing I want to mention is that this is going to be heavily skewed towards the afternoon slate. Like when we look at these games, the ones in the afternoon, Green Bay, Minnesota has a 48 total. Chiefs and Cardinals, like you mentioned, Raiders and Chargers, those are all in the afternoon games. And then you could throw in Giants and Titans if you want. But those are the four games in the afternoon slate. So how do we approach that from a strategy standpoint? I mean, I think just knowing that, right, like the two we talked about the 50 games are there. The Chiefs, Cardinals, Raiders, Chargers. Like, we don't have a roster percentage ready to go yet until later in the week. So you'll have this information by the time you set your lineups. But I would assume early in the week that those two games are going to have a lot of popularity based off the players that are in it from redraft leagues spilling over and then also just the high totals. So I think if you are looking to play those games, which I'm not saying you shouldn't or should, just if you are, be mindful in GPPs. I think you're probably need to manage your roster percentage in your early slate so if you're playing some chalky pieces later don't also play chalky pieces early in the slate because i think you could just run into way too much and too much popularity and not an ability to separate from the field so let's go through a couple different categories what we do on our tuesday show let's first talk about which games we think will be the most popular to stack and you have on your list kansas city and arizona we just mentioned as the highest total but why do you feel like this is going to carry a ton of roster percentage <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you just look at the total. It's obviously the highest on the slate. So that's number one. Number two is you just look at these two teams, right? Like there's a lot of excitement about the Chiefs and the Cardinals. And specifically on the Chiefs side of the ball, they project extremely well because their team total. And, you know, Andy Reid just historically in week one and anytime he has more time to prepare, his teams perform very well. This goes back to his Eagles days. And the last four times the Chiefs have played in week one, I mean, they're putting up like 30 plus points every single time. So it makes a lot of sense. The scary thing about this from a roster percentage standpoint is, you know, Mahomes, he's decently expensive, of course. But then you look down at like Kelsey's cheaper than what he normally is. There's no Tyreek. So like you can go down to MVS, you can go down to Sky Moore, you can go down to Juju for a manageable price. And so I just feel like even though it's popular, I'm a little scared that it just becomes too popular this week. And then on the Arizona side, you know, there's a lot of injuries. So Rondell Moore's not sure what's going on with him. Zach Ertz might not play. You know, Andre, De- De- obviously DeAndre Hopkins is out. And that would mean AJ Green is going to be chalking week one. And if that's the case, I mean, I want to be underweight the field on that game. So I don't know how I'll handle it yet. We have to see what the injuries do to this, but I think it will be very popular because it's a pretty clean scenario. You know, you're either playing like Marquise Brown as a bring back or um, AJ Green, which sounds absolutely horrifying. Yeah, for having such a high total, the game's relatively cheap. Like, other than the quarterback options, like, Kyler's actually a value. We'll talk about him in a second, but it seems pretty clear. I think on the Kansas City side, you kind of have to guess which wide receiver is the dude right away. I think from a projection standpoint, we're going to say Juju. It's going to look good on DraftKings in a full PPR site in week one, but we love Kelsey. There's lots of different routes to go. But I think overall, this is a game that's going to carry maybe too much of a roster percentage because they're cheap. Like, imagine saying you're going Mahomes, Kelsey, and like you said, Hollywood is a bring back. Bring back. You can pay up at running back, you know, in these other games and get, you know, a pretty good projection. So I, I just want to say off the start, it's a great game. I wish it was more expensive from a game theory perspective because I think price-wise, people are going to jump on it. I want to throw out Philadelphia in Detroit, I think a month ago, you and I would have said like, okay, this is a good game to target. And we still think it is, 
But I think the popularity with Hard Knocks, with the fact that the Eagles are becoming America's team, uh, I think is giving me some worry about it hitting its uh, total and everybody paying off. Man, are we really America's team? I Eagles? People love the Eagles this year. <laughs> I mean, what could go wrong, right? Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I really do think it is a great game to stack, but the issue is I think everyone does, right? So Jalen Hurts, we're going to talk about him in salary standouts. Like I have him in my cash lineup early in the week. He projects extremely well, and so if people are just are bringing that into GPPs, they're clearly going to stack him. And bringing it back is kind of obvious. Like DeAndre Swift's relatively cheap. I'm going to St. Brown's kind of cheap. Like it's really easy to get into a lot of roster percentage. And so we're not saying you can't play these games, but just be mindful of how you're managing your lineup around them. I can already tell you this will be one of the games that we cover on our Thursday show from a stacking perspective. And I was staring at it earlier. One of the more interesting conversations is the tight ends. Like they're priced relatively the same. Goddard and Hawkinson. If you remember Hawkinson last year, right? In week one, he was the tight end one. He was the one you needed. And I'm not saying copy and paste that, but there are another element of this game where there's game theory. There's who should I play? Should I use a lion stack to gain leverage? Um, there's just lots of different ways to go about it. So I think it's a great game. I think from a cash perspective, you and I are both on the same page. We'll talk about Hertz, but uh, so many different directions you could go. AJ Brown, I want to play him. He's cheaper than you think, and his ceiling we know is like two touchdowns, 150. So think about that. But what would you say is one of the sneakiest games on this slate? Yeah, I listed here Green Bay and Minnesota, and there's two reasons that I like this game. One is the total is a little bit under the other ones, right? So it's not in the 50s. It's at 48, which is still good. We, we talked about that last year on our strategy shows that these totals from like 46 and a half to 49 generally get overlooked by dfs players as profitable you know back and forth affairs that could go over 50 points that's kind of what we care about and really what this comes down to is you know the vikings all offseason we talked about up in pace more three wide receiver sets more pass attempts so even though aaron Rodgers and the packers historically play very slow they're usually pretty efficient and so if there's a lot of efficiency on green bay side and the Vikings are going to push the pace, this could easily turn into a you know 30 to 27 type of game situation. So I'm very interested in that. I'm very interested in Kirk Cousins' stacks this week to see what happens with the field in that scenario. But the other reason that I really like it as a sneaky game is we think the Chiefs, Cardinals, Raiders, Chargers games are going to be very popular. If you need to late swap in the afternoon window in GPPs, if things go south for you early and you have to get off a lot of roster percentage, there's only four games in the afternoon window. And I can't see myself swapping into <laughs> to Giants and Titans, call me crazy, but I can see myself getting on to, you know, an AJ Dillon as leverage or Adam Thielen as leverage, for example. So this game I think is good for that reason as well. I, you know me, I've been talking about this game for a couple of weeks. Uh, I love the Vikings. I love them at home. Last year, Cousins against the Packers at home, 341 and three and Justin Jefferson. I threw this out in my first look article. What if I told you he was averaging the most receiving yards ever for a player at home? 102 per game. Doesn't he also have the most yards in the first two years of an NFL career ever? Yes, and isn't he like hopefully going to be the goat? Like I, I, I would, I hope that Justin Jefferson just breaks every record ever, even Julio Jones. I'm fine with. <sighs> I him. hope he does too, but I'll, I will never recover from the Jalen Rager pick. You tried to, right? You tried to trade him, and <laughs> <laughs> now he's on Minnesota. He and uh, he and Jay Jets are teammates. I know. All right, let's talk about one more uh, question here. Which game do you want to be underweight on? And I'll, and I'll throw out this. I think I want to be underweight on Kansas City, Arizona. I don't hate it. I talked about it in the Vegas report on the DFS pass. Like, It's nothing against the Chiefs. Obviously, we think they can put up points. But I just think you know when you look at Arizona's side, if there are those injuries and you look at the splits with and without DeAndre Hopkins – like Kyler's averaging like a 3.6% touchdown rate. That is horrible. How are they going to put up points if no Hopkins, no Ertz, no Rondell Moore? Like, you know, I just, I'm concerned. And I know that you're heavily invested in your kid's college fund on the under and their win total. So that makes a lot of sense. But yeah, man, I'm kind of with you. If the field is on it, I will probably be looking elsewhere. I think the Cardinals are an easy fade, like in, in week one. I know it's at home. Uh, they're actually pretty bad at home last year, but if it's going to garner as much roster percentage as we think, 
it makes me say, why would I go this direction week one when there's so many other routes when I know that the field is probably overconfident? But um, yeah, their injuries make it feel like you need to go that route. Like, oh, well, there's going to be targets available. I need to just jam in Cardinals cheap ones, AJ Green, when that doesn't project so well. Which game do you have in here to be underweight on? Yeah, I listed Miami and New England. You know, there's names on Miami's side of the ball that people are excited about. Obviously, Tyreek, Jalen Waddle, Chase Edmonds has been a huge value all redraft season. But man, just the reports out of New England, and maybe maybe they turn it around and they're fine, but the reports out of New England have been horrible in camp. And so I, I can just see this turning into a slow paced, you know, divisional matchup that doesn't have the fireworks we need for DFS tournaments. So early in the week, I don't have a lot of appeal to go to that game. All right, let's take a quick break. The NBA playoffs are here, and we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch, because this is the turn it up to 11 NBA playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. couple more questions before we get into our salary standouts. Which team do you feel most confident hits the over of their team implied total? I mean, dude, is there any other team to list other than our <laughs> Ravens? I mean, it's our team and we're going there week one. I like them for their, you know, obviously easy stacking partners with Lamar. You can go to uh, Bateman. You can go to Mandrews, Mark Andrews. But the reality is like, Harbaugh just gets his guys ready to go in week one. The last four games they've played in week one, going back to 2018, 47 points, 59 points, 38 points, and 27 points. Against the Jets, I'd be surprised that they lay an egg and only put up 17 points, right? So I think we can confidently say we're getting three, four, maybe five touchdowns out of this team. So depending on how they're rostered relative to the field, I'm pretty excited about the Ravens in week one. I'm with you. I I know we've been on the Ravens all year long, but... Week one, they're going to smash. Lamar's going to smash. Uh, they're just set up really well. I'm going to throw out the Chargers. Their team implied total is 27.8. Last year at home, they averaged 31 points per game, including hitting that over that total twice against the Raiders, the team they're playing. So I think the Chargers are a really easy team. I think there's more at play here, thinking of them being in that afternoon slate. So I think we'll discuss that. It's definitely one of the games we'll discuss on Thursday. I have my thoughts about how to attack this. Um, it's really hard going away from some of those players and you know starting to get thin plays like Gerald Everett or Josh Palmer. It's like, we know it's Eckler. We know that Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are going to project really great, um, but is there different routes to that? Which team are you most confident hits the under? In other words, this is your team that you just want to poop on right now. We were excited about the Giants. And when I say we, I mean the fantasy football community. Not me. Relatively speaking. Yeah, you're of course, because everyone... Does something cool, you want to do the opposite. Such a trendsetter, Kyle. It makes um, you me know. sound like I'm uncool, like just really uncool. <laughs> I mean, spot the lie. So the reason I'm under the Giants' win total, or not win total, sorry, their point total, 19 this week on the road at Tennessee is for a couple of reasons. One, you know, Tennessee, when they have the ability to let Derrick Henry feast, they're going to do it. So you could see a scenario where they just get control of this game, and then all of a sudden they're running the ball over and over again. The clock is just ticking. So don't love that. The second thing is like, man, we were excited about Kadarius Tony. He just can't stay on the field. Daniel Jones has been turnover prone, not great, not an ability to really elevate his teammates, see kind of Galladay from last year. So if it's not Kadarius Tony, it's not Kenny Galladay. You know, Colin Johnson was like the wide receiver four. He tore his Achilles. Sterling Shepard's still recovering from his Achilles surgery. Like, how are they moving the football with still, I know it's improved, but it's still suspect offensive line. So, yeah, give me the under on the Giants' 19 points. Giants are a hard team to be able to jump on board in terms of a stacking. I think 
Saquon, we'll talk about him in a second. I think he's too cheap on FanDuel, so you have to at least understand that. Kadarius Tony, pretty cheap. It's the Patriots for me, though. The Patriots are the team that I cannot see myself, apart from a random Ramondre Stevenson or Damian Harris dart throw, they will be a team that I will have basically no exposure. Their team implied total is 21.8. I've already taken a stance on Dolphins money line. I think at home they're just a really safe bet, in my opinion. I know they sound like a risky team, but everything I've seen in preseason, everything that we've heard is that this Patriots offense is not clicking at all. So apart from some defensive touchdowns, I am just out. I'm out on the Patriots. Do you feel the same way? Yep. I mean, that's kind of the rationale, too, for why I was under on that game. So that makes a lot of sense. All right. Let's talk about our salary standouts. Salary standouts. I, I have a quick story for you before we get into these. Are you Is story time with Kyle okay? Hit me. So we had our live show in Phoenix this past uh, weekend. Super fun. I know you felt you had, you had some FOMO, right? Dude, it was rough. It was rough. Everyone was excited in the company, you know, oh, what a great event. And here's Betts changing diapers, waking up to spit up every night. <laughs> uh, yes, the FOMO is real. Yeah, so we had our live show in downtown Phoenix. Uh, super fun. We, you know, the video's out if you wanted to see that on YouTube. See Jason just going, you know. Oh, it was great. Jason's going 100 the entire time, but he starts off the show like running down the aisle and then running the wrong way and then having to run around and then almost throwing a chair. So it's Jason like in peak mode of him just getting excited, but also like him running out of breath after like five seconds doing that. <laughs> but I just wanted to give a shout out to one of our listeners. He uh, bought my wife and I a drink. His name was Zach. Came all the way from Minnesota, all the way from Minnesota to come to Phoenix with his wife to the live show and said, hey, love the DFS pod. It's really helped a lot. Can I buy you and your wife a drink? My wife and I said, of course. And uh, anyway, it was great. We got to talk for a little while. Um, he's wearing a Justin Jefferson jersey, so you know he's looking good. Yeah. Brownie points for that as well. That's so, awesome, though, man. That's super cool that you got to connect with one of our listeners, at least, which is super fun. Hopefully, I get to do the same with you guys at some point along the way. But, man, that's awesome. I want somebody in, the, in Pennsylvania. I'm not going to throw out what city you live in. But somebody in Pennsylvania to just spot you and just say, <laughs> that's Matthew Betts. I've never seen you before, but I've heard your voice, and I knew it was you, <laughs> and I want to buy you a drink. I love it. I'm very excited for when that day comes. So salary standouts each week, we talk about who we like from a cash perspective. We'll throw out a couple others, um, but this is about placing players in your pool, right? This isn't about saying these are the only ones you like. You know, We say write down in a notebook, a spreadsheet, whatever it is. Just add these players to your player pool. And throughout the week, you can kind of figure out what type of cash construction is good for you and the way you want to deal with it. So we'll go through our quarterback picks, also give some FanDuel caveats. But you and I are in agreement so far of our favorite DFS pick. Jalen Hurts, baby. Week one, we're going to play him. I, I just It sets up so well from a median projection standpoint. Obviously, we know what he did last year. And anytime he started, he runs the football, he gets an upgrade in A.J. Brown, and Really, what this also comes down to, not only playing the, the Lions, but also just, you know, the all offseason people are wondering, what are the Eagles going to be? Are they going to run the football a bunch or throw? And I'm not going to say whether I did or did not do this, Kyle, but I did do this. Went back and watched the first drive of the preseason in week one against the Jets. Why did I do that? Because I wanted to know how did they operate when Jalen Hurts was actually playing with the first team? They called nine plays. Two were called back due to penalty. But of the seven that counted, all of them were passes. He scrambled, and seven of those were in shotgun. So if that's the actual offense we get, I mean, it's projection, we don't really know. But if that is what happens, Jalen Hurts is going to absolutely smash this number. He's 6.8K on DraftKings. That's way too low. He's going to jump over 7,000 next week. Um, he's 8,000 on FanDuel, and I think he's a great play there as well. So it would not surprise me if he ends up the most popular quarterback on the slate. Um, I think he's going to be competing with, you know, a couple other names. Kyler is a great value on FanDuel at 8,200. So if I were to go there and I'm going to stack, like I think Kyler's good spot there. I love Lamar. We, we mentioned earlier, we think they're going to, you know, hit their team implied total at 7,300. Lamar is going to be more expensive next week. Um, but if you wanted to dip down further, I need to mention two names. It's our boy Trey Lance at 6K. Are you doing that dance? Are you doing the Lance dance? Oh, man, I, 
everything in me wants to say yes, but the reality is I don't think so. Especially because in cash, I'm pretty locked into Hertz. I don't know how I'll come off him this week. But, you know, in GPPs, like you look at that and you're like, oh, how exciting. We get Trey Lance stacks, but the game total is so low. You know who you're going to play him with, right? It's either Mooney or Komet. And so I feel like it's going to be relatively popular if you're kind of playing into that. So I probably won't play him much this week, which is sad. I do hope he smashes because I have him everywhere in redraft and dynasty. But for week one DFS, I think I'm out. Yeah, I, that's how I'm sleeping at night with my Trey Lance is basically saying, I know that people are playing him in redraft and they're excited as like a late round person. That's going to spill over into DFS. And if I get excited about him, it's going to be these other formats. So I'm with you. Like, let's just, we're going to play Trey Lance this year. We're going to be stacking him, you know, with George Kittle or Debo or Ayuk. It's going to happen, but let's find a different game environment where it's going to be pushed and you're going to get, I don't know, 70 rushing yards and 500 passing yards okay maybe that's too much but like let's get trey lance you know with 350 combined yards and then we can talk about it so i also need to throw out Jameis because he's mispriced relative to his role and relative to the offense and relative to who he's playing he's 5300 on DraftKings against my atlanta falcons do you remember what Jameis did last year in week one it has to be good but i don't actually remember oh man this this is probably hard for people to remember, but week one last year, the Saints torched. They torched the Packers, and Jameis threw for five touchdowns. Actually, now that you say that, I do. He had a pretty low yardage game, though, right? Yes. like he. I think he completed like 15 passes, something like that. Yeah. What a touchdown so, rate. Elite. I know. that. That's all you needed. So, <laughs> just need to throw out the name. I don't think the total's great, but 5,300 is like, that's like Mike Glennon level. I mean, that's... That's our boy, man. That's I'm not. Point. I'm not starting Glennon. I. I mean, couldn't be me. Never would I ever. <laughs> All right, let's go to running backs. Oh man, there's so many plays this week. Like there are too many plays at running back. Where I think a lot of builds in cash and a lot of builds in GPPs are going to be three running backs in cash. We would say go for that. In GPPs, we would say fade that. Take two running backs. Get a wide receiver in your flex. But we have to talk about CMC at eighty five hundred. He's going to be way too cheap. Is your early stance to play him in cash and then maybe not go there in GPPs? That's my early lean. I think I'm going to play him in cash for sure. But you know, in the DFS pass, I did write about this game too. Like Cleveland, I could just see them, you know, taking their their foot off the gas if they got out to a lead with Jacoby Brissett and just saying, Nick Chubb, here's twenty carries, like grind the clock. So I don't see a lot of ceiling to a back and forth type of affair so if he's popular he's probably a decent fade in gpps i think but yeah in cash he's too cheap for his role that we project i mean among the elites it's hard to say anything negative about jonathan taylor i think derrick henry is in a great spot at home against the giants but i would say austin eckler is kind of where you and i are landing as our favorite cash game play and you can play him in gpps he's just got everything you want the game total he's got the pass catching role and he's only 8,200. So Austin Eckler is at the top of the list. Um, so are you fitting CMC and Eckler in your cash lineup? I think you can this week, especially if you just punt tight end, which I love to do. Um, and, you know, like we're going to talk about the wide receivers in a second that just stood out to us. We didn't list a single one above 6.1K. And there's a reason for that is because they've been too cheap all, you know, August for these salaries that got released way too early that they're going to project very well so i think the chalk build this week is you know pay up for quarterback pay up for running back and pay down for wide receiver yeah that's the only thing i'm worried about as i was assembling this as you and i are starting the train towards friday's roster percentage report i'm like is the build this week is, is this going to be the standard build but the running back that i think is going to just be jammed in every lineup is your boy damien damien pierce 4800 on DraftKings. 5,400. How are you handling Damian Fierce? Ugh. Yeah, I mean, the, the price, right, is just like it screams cash play. Less than 5,000, projected workload. It's not a great matchup necessarily, but he's a guy that you can pencil in for probably anywhere from 15 to 18 touches most weeks for the role that he's likely going to get. And for that price, from a median projection standpoint, I'm totally fine with it in cash. That said, in GPPs, this screams, do not play. You know, I know he's at home, which is nice, but they're, well, I think last time I looked like eight point underdogs. So if this game plays out the way Vegas projects, 
it might not work out from him from a game script standpoint. And then you're just kind of stuck holding the bag, playing into roster percentage. So he's going to fit a ton of builds. My early lean is to get off of him in GPPs. He will be in zero of my GPP lineups. I can tell you that right now. Um, Perfect. 120 yards, two touchdowns incoming. Thanks a I lot, do, Kyle. I, I'm terrified of something like that. But let me just ask this question. <laughs> so 4,800 is the thing that's going to be you know super attractive to everyone. If he was 5,500, if he was 6,000, we would say, ah, that's not a great play this week. He's like a Josh Jacobs type. What do you, What's the best case scenario here for Damian Pierce? I just want to talk that out. Like, What do people hope they're going to get? 100 and at least one? Because he can fall in the end zone. Let's say he does. He gets 50 to 60 yards and falls in the end zone, and you end up with 12 points. That's fine in cash. I don't think that you can really hope for something a lot more in GPPs. So he's somebody that I think, knowing all the redraft spillover, there's no chance that he's going to be a differentiator. Like, it'd be different if nobody was playing him. In tournaments, let's say he gets up to 25%. Is that going to help you if he doesn't get anything more than like 20 points? Like, there's so many running backs that are going to be able to get 20-plus points. Especially on, yeah, a slate like this where there's obviously no teams on by. Like, you have a lot of names available to you. There's a lot of players, especially around his price point, that I think have the potential to beat him this week. So, yeah, I think it's definitely a decent fade in GPPs. All right, a couple more quick names on DraftKings. Alvin Kamara, 7,600. I think he's a solid play. He's a kind of a price tier difference than Eckler. Uh, so I like him. And then going down another tier, I love Najee. He's so easy to project for workload. I get it. It's against the Bengals. It's probably something that kind of scares people off. It's Mitch Trubisky as the quarterback. But at 6,400, I think 15 points is well within the realm for uh, for cash, right? Yeah, and you know all we care about running backs and cash is volume. That easily projects the best from a um, median outcome standpoint, and we know he's going to get it. And his price tag is too cheap for a back that's probably going to see somewhere in the range of like eighteen to twenty-two opportunities. So yeah, I think he's a great cash play. On Fanduel, I got to mention Saquon at sixty-eight hundred and Travis Etienne at sixty-two hundred. Those are both way too low for what the role is. James Robinson, I know that there is some news coming out that he could be available week one. Um, still questionable, right? Like if you knew that James Robinson wasn't playing, is Travis Etienne kind of like a, a firm cash play on FanDuel? I think so. I think for that price point, he certainly is. You know, Robinson's a guy that I think is just tough. Like I still don't know that he's a hundred percent. And I, in fact, I think we have a lot of data showing us he's probably not. And if he is, he's an outlier, right? So I think you kind of fade that narrative. Doesn't mean you won't get touches, but I do think that if Robinson, let's say he gets somewhere in the range of like eight to 10 touches, just as they ease him back in, ETN gives you 15 plus, like this price point makes a lot of sense. So I think he does project pretty well over there. So while we talked about running backs being kind of a firm, like you need to be able to play a couple of studs in your lineup on DraftKings, Wide receiver, especially on FanDuel, like the way that they're priced is you can fit in a couple of studs. And I think there's some people that are underpriced. So on DraftKings, I like the middle tier. On FanDuel, I will probably play at least one stud. Uh, Justin Jefferson's only 8,100. I already mentioned earlier, like he's a stud at home. He's been that way through two years. And I just don't care about the matchup. Like our data has shown, just fade the matchup. Uh, fade what people are going to say about Jair Alexander. So I like Justin Jefferson at 8,100. Hollywood Brown, another name that you and I like a lot, and I think will show up in a lot of builds, 6,900 on FanDuel. I think he's really great, but talk to me about that middle tier because, I don't know, I feel like we can name six or seven guys. Yeah, if you just scroll from like 4,500 to 6,000, it's it's great. I mean, you're going to see names like Michael Pittman, who we love. He's locked into my cash lineup this week at 5.5K against Houston. Rashad Bateman at 5.3, love that against the Jets. And then Juju in a game that has the highest total sitting there at 5.2 against Arizona. So those three names to me just kind of, I think, are relatively similar projection, but are all ones to keep in your player pool. And I think you can probably even play all three of them if you want to and kind of jam in some of these studs at running back. I can tell you right now, Michael Pittman Jr. will show up as the most popular wide receiver on this slate. And I think it's for good reason. I mean, that is just an egregious price for what we can project I don't know, like 25% of the targets? Is that too high? I think that's probably his floor, to be honest with you. Like, I think this isn't necessarily a bold prediction, but he could be like one of four or five wide receivers this year that put up a 30-plus percent target share. I don't think anyone should be surprised by that. Is he the greatest wide receiver ever? Yes. 
Okay. Objectively. <laughs> I feel like we're now contractually obligated as a company to say this, but hey, you heard it here first. Pity City. What originated here? Never forget. Part. Never forget, people. Uh, a couple other wide receivers. I feel like some listeners are going to want to punch me in the face. You know, they can only hear me, but we've got to talk about T. Higgins, right? It's it's a podcast. We've got to mention T. Higgins. <laughs> oh, man. If you're just tuning in for the first time this year, you know, last year was a running joke that each week we would talk about T. Higgins because you would project very well, underlying stats, targets, whatever, come out and dud. And people were like, stop talking about T. Higgins. And the week we don't talk about T. Higgins, he goes off. So, same, you know, same story as last year. We're back, baby. But when we did talk him up a lot was in the Super Bowl. We went for 102. So let's talk about that. Um, yeah, T. Higgins just going to project really well. His price is too low relative to his ceiling. And any given week, it could be a Higgins week. It could be a Chase week. Um, so we just need to keep that in mind. I like that if you're correlating in a tournament, just Najee and T. Higgins. Just You don't have to game stack it, but I like that one a lot. Elijah Moore, if I'm going to pick a Jet, for week one against the Ravens, it's Elijah Moore, 5,100. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, I think so. I mean, the Jets are going to project relatively poorly, but on a PPR site, I think Elijah Moore is probably the safest bet for targets compared to the other guys. So I think he's fine, especially for his price point. A couple other wide receivers that are just going to project really well, DJ Moore, Christian Kirk. I, I mean, I can see six, seven targets like for both of them. I think they're fine. I think the ceilings are kind of scary when you have Baker, when you have Trevor Lawrence. And then I'll throw out two punts. You and I don't like to punt twice in a cash lineup. Like if you're going to punt tight end, don't do it with a receiver. But your boy, Jahan Dotson, is only 3,400. And then Wendell Robinson's only 3,000. So he's the stone men. So what are your thoughts on those two if you're going to punt? I don't think Dotson's safe enough projection yet for cash games. So he's not in my pool. I think he's interesting if you want to go there in GPPs. And then, you know, for Wandale, like, that is definitely in play. If, you know, Kadarius Tony for some reason doesn't play, Sterling Shepard isn't ready, like that scenario, there's a path for him playing as an every down wide receiver in this matchup in a negative game script. So at 3K, you're asking him to get you what? Like in cash, can he get you 10 to 12 points? And on PPR site, I think that's definitely doable. So he's interesting if things fall the right way for him. All right, two more positions tied in DST, and we'll get out of here. Travis Kelsey is never going to be cheaper. Like buy now if you need to. If you're if you're out on Kelsey over the year, might as well try in week one at sixty six hundred on DraftKings. And then you and I are both gonna say, along with everybody else, Cole Komet, is he gonna be too popular for GPPs? I think so. I think if you're bringing it back, like like I said, it's either him or Mooney, and his price point is just too low. Yeah, thirty seven hundred, great in cash. I get it. But if you're gonna punt the position outright, you can go even lower. Brevin Jordan at thirty one hundred. I mean. If you want to, if you really wanted to get gross, you could get Giants rookie tight end Daniel Bellinger at the Stone Men. Thoughts? You, you know I love a Stone Men punt tight end. Nothing makes me happier than that type of play in cash. Yeah, he's in concussion protocol, so we got to make sure he clears, of course. But it's the same thing with Wandale. Like it's just if the injuries for the Giants shake out the way that they could potentially it could open up a lot of opportunity i'm not playing him if tony is playing and these other guys are active so it's a, it's an only if the giants wide receivers are out wait so nothing gets you going better than a rookie tight end projecting for week one catching passes from daniel jones that's it baby yeah, i mean it, all signs point to that being a great play but yeah it's super cheap whatever <laughs> um on fanduel i have to mention kyle pitts because he's locked in my cash lineup right now at 6k like, he's stupid cheap compared to Andrews and Kelsey, which are right around the 8,000 mark. Um, but if you wanted to go lower on FanDuel, Komet's fine. Or Ninjoku is only 5,000. I like Ninjoku if you're going to punt there. I think that's a solid play. Defense, there's a conundrum this week because in most of the optimals and what I'm seeing so far, we also have this tool in the DFS pass where um, we actually get to see what is the most tagged teams and on defense, the Washington Commanders are going to show up like all the time, like everywhere at 2,500 against the Jaguars, also because they have that green right next to their name. So how are you handling the Commanders? Is that just like, uh, just set it, forget it, it's defense? Not in GPPs. We don't want to play into roster percentage in GPPs. So I think you can actually, if you really want to kind of think about this the other way, 
you could just flip it if you wanted to play Jacksonville they're the same price like Carson Wentz we right. know what he is at this point so that's fine but in cash I think Washington's all right I'm not playing them as GPPs I do think Miami for just $100 more expensive is interesting I don't know what their roster percentage is going to be yet but we talked about we're lower on New England this week so it would make sense to play the Miami uh, defense it would not shock me if Miami's at 5% and Washington's at 20 like that's yep. that's the difference so we like to pivot we already talked about earlier, like I like Miami in this game. I don't like New England. Um, it's at home. So yeah, I think Miami's mispriced at 2600 If you want to go expensive, go with the Titans, 3500 on DraftKings. They're safe. The Ravens on FanDuel, 4800 But I want to give you a sneaky pivot. This is my early sneaky pivot of the week presented by, man, we needed a good sponsor for that. Um, what's, a, what's a really, really, really bad sponsor? Like uh, Singular Wireless. Something that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I don't think they even exist. No, we need, we need a sponsor that's, that won't hear this. Um, Washington is 3700 on FanDuel. The same exact price is the Chiefs at 3700 So if you don't buy into the Cardinals, if you want to fade that game, if you want to get leverage on that KC-Arizona game, I don't think it's crazy to play the Chiefs at the same exact price and just get out of that game. You're wild, man. Only you would use Singular Wireless. <laughs> Brought to you by Singular Wireless. Yeah, I just, at, with defense, just a refresher for people, you're going to find so many different teams that project basically the same. FanDuel does a better job of pricing them up. DraftKings, you can just punt almost every single week. Don't ever go after the chalk defense in GPPs. It's just not something you need to do. So keep that in mind. We'll have our picks out later in the week, our GPP and cash picks, but... If you want to play with us, you can go to ballersdfs.com, be a part of our DraftKings League. I dropped this morning a Thursday night uh, game, and that already filled up. It's called It's Football Time. So that one already filled up. I'll do some more contests for Thursday. But then, I don't even think you knew about this, and it just kind of sprung on us, and it's live right now if you want it. But we're going to have a weekly contest on DraftKings. Right now, we just expanded the field to a 1,000-person tournament. It's only a $5 entry, and it pays out to the first 200-whatever spots. Um, the winner gets 500 bucks, so uh, it's pretty nice, and you can play with some friendly folks. So go to ballersdfs.com. It's free to enter the league. You can enter whatever contest. You could say, I don't want to play this week, whatever you want. It's a great contest to invite your friends. Like I've had so many other people that are like, hey, I know you have a DFS pod. I'd love to play with you. And I just point them to that league. You can join in, and you and I get to release contests throughout the week. So if you want to steal Betts' money in week one, there is no better time than this, right? Last year, week one was my worst week of the entire season, so what could go wrong? But yes, man, I'm going to challenge our listeners. That league right now is just over 3,700 people. I would love if by kickoff of week one, we can get to 4,000. So that's my call to you, the listeners, to help us do that. Find a friend. Sit in ballersdfs.com, tell them to join in, and we'd love to play with you guys. So that's going to do it for this preview edition of week one. Bets, sign us off. Dude, we're here, man. We're back. Week one is here, and I cannot be more excited. Of course, we're back on Friday. Make sure you're in the DFS Pass. Check it out. Don't forget the promo code DFSPOD. We'll see you later in the week. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.